What I'm uh, about to say is probably the most important thing I've ever said in my life. There's nothing more important to talk about than what I am going to talk about. Not your life, not this country, not this world. Nothing is more important than what I'm going to say. I thought I'd have more reaction. It's really important. I'm talking about the Eucharist. <clears throat> Nothing more important in the world than the Eucharist. And today we celebrate the feast of Corpus Christi, or the feast of the most holy body and blood of our Lord, God's greatest gift to humanity. He gave himself. And yet, yet, most don't believe it. Most do not believe the Eucharist is actually God. A recent study found that only 27% of Catholics believe that that host, when it is consecrated, turns in to Jesus, his body, blood, soul, and divinity. And we wonder, we wonder why the church has lost its power. 75% of our members don't believe the most important thing. The Catechism says that the Eucharist is the source and the summit of the Catholic faith. We have a quarter of our church actually believing that. 25%. <clears throat> I recently read a theologian who said, if Jesus said that bread and wine are his body and blood, who are we to say that is not true? It's a pretty easy argument, actually. I mean, nobody disputes that he healed the blind guy, right? Nobody disputes that he calmed the seas. Heck, nobody disputes that he even rose from the dead. But they doubt the Eucharist. Surely, a man who could raise himself from the dead could take a piece of bread and say, this is my flesh, and it would in fact turn into his flesh. And he would take a cup and say, this is my blood, and surely it would turn into his blood if he could raise himself from the dead. He could turn bread and wine into body and blood. But yet there's still doubt. And we even have Eucharistic miracles. <clears throat> One of the most famous ever since the election of Pope Francis, because it's in Argentina, is the Buenos Aires miracle, where a host turned into a piece of flesh during Mass. Okay, I didn't get the, the reaction I thought I was... I'm going to say it again. A host, a piece of bread, turned into flesh, human flesh, on the altar. And when they took it, they took a little piece and they sent it to be analyzed. And they didn't tell them that it had come miraculously from a host turning into flesh. And they studied it. And when they studied it, they found three facts. The three facts are this. It was tissue from the interior ventricle of a human heart that belonged to a man. Second, the heart tissue came from a man who was under extreme duress. In fact, they said this man was more than likely tortured when this sample was taken from his heart. Third, it was taken from, this is the most incredible part, a living beating human heart.
This was not an autopsy. This flesh was taken from a human beating heart. From the inside of the heart of a man who was tortured. And yet, we still doubt. We still doubt. I mean, even the feast that we're celebrating, Corpus Christi, comes from a Eucharistic miracle. It happened in Bolsena, Italy. And what happened is this Father Peter of Prague, he was coming back from Rome, back to his home, and Father Peter was a good man, but he, he had his doubts about the Eucharist, as I'm sure anybody does. It's not easy to believe, I'm telling you, I'm with you on that, but it's real. <clears throat> and during Mass, as he was celebrating and consecrating the host, it began to bleed all over his hands and down his arms and onto the corporal, that linen cloth we put on the altar. And they still have that corporal. I have seen it many times with the blood stains on it. And again, we don't believe. In our day and age, there are so many denominations of Christianity that people say, well, we can look at the Eucharist in any way we want. Some say it's a symbol. Some say it's Jesus. Some say it's a mix. We're not really sure. But I want to be very clear about something. There is only one way to look at the Eucharist. Only one. It is important to realize that for the first thousand years of, of the Catholic Church, nobody doubted that that was Jesus. They struggled with it, sure, but they knew that the Eucharist was the flesh and blood of the Son of God. They believed that. And then in the next 400 years, only one person rejected it. Does anybody know who that one person was? Luther. Martin Luther himself, who was a priest. And why did he reject it? Because he said, it doesn't do anything to me. I mean, it's supposed to be God. Isn't it supposed to change me? And yet I'm still a loser. And he is still a loser. I mean, my brother one time, he said, if that's God, and God, like, created the universe, when I receive that, shouldn't I explode? My brother's not that smart, so, you know. (laughs) But it's true, right? I mean, we might even have that argument. If that's Jesus, why doesn't it change us more? And I would make this argument. When the priest, when you come forward and the priest says, the body of Christ, you are supposed to say, amen. Now, I've heard people say, I've heard people, you know, people smile at me. My favorite is, thank you. (laughs) Amen. Amen means I believe. I stake my life on it. If it be not true, let me be dead. Do we believe to that that, that degree? When you come forward, do you not only believe that that is the flesh and the blood of the Son of God, but your amen is not just to that. It is to everything that the church teaches. And yet so many are, amen, but I think contraception's okay. Amen, but I don't have to go to Sunday Mass every week. Amen, ah, confession's not really for me. Amen, whatever. That's why it doesn't change us. And on top of this, on top of this, we have this little temptation, I think. I think part of the reason we don't go all in is because... We have this temptation of saying, what 
difference can I really make anyway? If I really was all in, what difference would little old me actually do? Like the apostles in the gospel. Five loaves, two fish. What are we going to do? So little for so many. And Jesus says, bring it to me. Get in union with me. And I will take your little bit and I will change the world with it. It took him him 12 uneducated men to upend the Roman Empire. God doesn't need a lot. And I think that, you know, we sit back and we say, Jesus, he, you know, he fed 5,000. Like, that was awesome. You know, biggest fish fry of all time. Jesus has the record. And that's cool, but that doesn't happen anymore. Wrong. It does happen. A priest friend of mine from Sioux City, Iowa, told me a story on vacation. His parishioner was down at this, there's this group down in Texas. And they're doing amazing things. They're serving the poor, living the corporate works of mercy. And they were going to serve a Christmas meal to thousands of poor people. That somebody had donated hams. But when Christmas came around, the hams didn't show up. And so he said that his parishioner, this guy, he got together with the group. And they had one ham in the cooler. And he said a prayer and blessing about asking Jesus to provide. And this man told my friend in Sioux City, Iowa, he said, Father, I don't know how to explain this, but I cut that ham the entire night. One. He said, every time I cut, it just stayed the same size. And they fed thousands of poor people. You don't hear about that on Fox News. CNN isn't reporting that, are they? No, they're just telling us how terrible the world is. There's so much good if we really believe. What good can I do? United to Him? You can do anything. Sky's the limit. He even said, you think I do? Jesus said, you think I'm doing amazing things? Wait till my followers come. Wait till the Spirit comes. They're going to do things you can't imagine. When we receive the Eucharist, Christ becomes truly present in our bodies, but is He present in our hearts? Does He have pride of place? Is He most important? And are we all in? I don't know if I've told you this story, but I'm preaching, so you have to listen. It's a good story, too. But when I was in college, I was an an idiot, (laughs) for starters, but when I was in college... I went to a concert, Dave Matthews Band, I don't know if you know who they are, and uh, my brother and I kind of followed them for a whole summer, and we went to the Gorge, Washington, and went to three shows, it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just back to back to back, and the shows were great, but during the day there wasn't much to do, so we drove around and we eventually found, there's these rivers and these big cliffs, and we're like, hey, that would be fun, like jump into the river off the cliff, so we found like a 30 foot cliff, and we were you know, flipping and spinning, and you'd hit the bottom, but, you know, you had enough to stop you. And uh, as I was sitting there, and I, I looked, and way off in the distance, I saw, like, this 90-foot cliff. And I'm like, hey, guys, if this is fun, that's got to be, like, what, three times as fun? And they're like, yeah, let's do it. And so we all went over to this cliff. Now, a 90-foot cliff is a lot of fun to look at from a distance. <clears throat> when you get right up to it and you look down, it's really, really far. And I remember we all stood there looking down and we're like, so who's going to jump? 
And I'm like, well, I, it was my idea, so I don't have to jump. They're like, no way, it was your idea, so you have to jump. And we're just sitting there. For like five minutes, we're arguing about who's going to jump. And finally, I'm like, this is stupid. We're never going to jump. So I just backed up and just took off running and just leaped. And I was just like, yeah. No. Like, it was so freaky. I wasn't even halfway down. And you realize you're picking up speed. We didn't check the depth. Nothing. Because we were idiots. This is what college kids do. And I hit. And I remember I went, you know, way down. And my buddies are all like looking over. Because penguins do this. I, don't, I did a report on penguins when I was in uh, grade school. They, they slowly inch forward until one falls in. And then if he comes up, that means he isn't dead. And so then they all jump in. If he doesn't come up, nobody jumps in. And they were seriously looking over the edge. And I came up and I'm just like, it's awesome. And then it was just foom, 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 foom. Everybody started jumping. Why do I tell you this story? Why do I tell you this story? To believe in the real presence of Jesus Christ is crazy. To be all into the Catholic faith is crazy. People will call you an idiot. The church is outdated. It's not needed. But when you live it, when you really live it, people follow. Because you have something that they don't. You have authentic joy and authentic freedom and authentic happiness. And that's what the world is craving right now. You know that little uh, Texas community? It's growing like crazy. Why? Because some crazy guy said yes to Jesus. He actually jumped. I think so many of us stand at the cliff, the edge of the cliff of the Catholic faith, and we look at it, we're like, that looks so amazing. But we never jump. We never go all in. So many of us Desire it. But we don't do it. What good can you do with so little, with that little host? What good can that do for the world? What good can it do for me? More than you can possibly imagine if you make it the center of your life. Not sports, not hunting, not shopping. Him. If we do that, our parish will catch fire even more than it already is. This city will catch fire. This state will catch fire. And we will slowly win back this country for Christ. It happens one soul at a time, and it can start here. It can start with any one of us. So today on this feast of the most holy body and blood of Christ, let us recommit ourselves to greater devotion to the Eucharist through daily prayer adoration, faithful mass attendance, and really living the teachings of the church. There is no other way to holiness. Don't be afraid and don't make excuses. Just believe and he'll do the rest.